Do you think people have ever gotten the fact that the only reason I did a stupid British accent for my character this season is because this was supposed to be the British season? Why was this supposed to be the British season? Because you made that joke offhanded at one point. And I was like, we got to keep that gag up. So I made sure my character talked with a British accent. <laughs> Wait, did I say season seven is going to be the British season in an earlier I season? So. I believe so, yeah. Okay, that's a great, great callback. Yeah. Now delete that so no one will know. No, I don't think okay. I will. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've been horn swoogled. I've been skullduggeried. You brought it up. It's not like I tortured it out of you. You tortured my heart. You know we're recording. I'm not sneaking yeah. up on you with a mic. Oh, wait. Was I supposed to be recording? Chris, the whole point of us recording without the rest of them is so everyone can see that we're actually friends and that without their peer pressure, you're not constantly dunking on me. I don't, there, there's a misconception that I dunk on you to be mean. That that joke's become old hat now. Now I just do it just because I'm kind of like a chaotic cat spirit. And it's not just down. because you, you've locked into that pattern and it's just a reflex now? Uh, I mean, I won't discount that. But it's funnier in my mind if I think I'm just inhabited by some like Loki-esque cat spirit that just likes to cause mischief wherever he goes. And I assume I assume everyone finds that charming as well. We're introducing a magical element into our world for the show is that you're inhabited by a cat spirit. I didn't see that yep, coming. A, a Loki-esque cat spirit, and they're the ones that make me do all those things. But again, it's charming, I believe. You believe. So this mm -hmm. episode, uh, I mean, as the audience has figured out already, it's just me and you for now. Um, and we're going to be exploring Sabrina's training uh, at the Gorefields while the rest of the party goes off and gets into shenanigans. Ooh, I um, thought this episode was about Bramwell getting a haircut. Now, that's we're going to record that later. <laughs> okay. I don't have any follow-ups for that. Is he going to get mustache wax? Yeah, obviously. And get, like, some... Uh, he's going to have those thick, like, sideburns that grow into, like, the old Civil War mustache, essentially. You know, where, like, everything's, sha everything's hairy except the chin. The chin's shaved clean. I like in San Andreas where you can get haircuts that make your hair longer. That shit ruled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the best. And then you'd, go in, you'd eat 79 cheeseburgers, and then you'd go to the gym for five minutes, and you were ripped. I love that game. It's the best game ever made. I never beat it, but I did love it. Well, that's because it was it's, bad, but it was really good. Yeah, what are you talking about? Everyone loves the game, the, the mission structure where you had to fly the little RC plane, and every time you lose, David Cross says, like, my humiliation is complete. And you have to chase the train? That was a good mm -hmm. mission. Everything in San Andreas is perfect. Um, we're not here to give video game reviews. We have to talk about uh, the White Wolf and what she's doing in her life now. So I think the best place to start this would be in the little garden that her mother planted uh, near the vineyard with the little glass plants that are sprouting up. It's like just, just the beginnings of a, a, a garden. And it's she's just kind of wandering around there. Uh, Duke Pendergrass is nearby. Um, and he asks the burning question. Everybody has no doubt been uh, debating for weeks because we're recording this before the episode that would pose the question has come out. So I assume you've been debating it for weeks, audience. Um, I, I, I want the first comment just be like, meh, don't really care about this storyline. And then like, I don't know how they would do it, but like they click the X over the storyline, the top right hand corner to close the screen. <laughs> like, oh. Just deletes all mentions of this particular subplot from the show mm -hmm. and keeps the rest of it. Yep. Um, Duke Pendergrass asked the question burning in everyone's heart. What uh, conduit would you like to be, Sabrina? Can I be the conduit of always winning? 
perhaps I would maybe rephrase that. That sounds like uh, maybe conduit of victory. No, I want one where like I can blow up buildings with my mind or something. <laughs> Con- conduit of mind explosions. That's the best one. I want to be that one, but it you don't. Do you get to pick? This sort of you you pick how you live your life, and that can determine your conduit. Personally, I was always mediating conflicts, trying to help people come together, get to what they want, and I, it just put me on the path of becoming who I am now. It is not like I sat down one day and made a conscious decision. You have a very rare opportunity to take a long view of your entire life. Well. I don't know. What have I always been doing? Well, I have not known you very long, but you have done a very brave thing, leaving the castle and trying to find your mom. You are very dedicated to her. Bravery, dedication, adventure. Many options present themselves. Uh, So she is going to be kind of intrigued by the idea of like a conduit of adventure. And she almost seems to, like, imagine that momentarily in her mind. And then she's like, but that doesn't really help stop the God King, would it? It is impossible to know. Perhaps you dedicate yourself to sword fighting. You become most deadly sword master in all of Wormwood. And then you get there and he is immune to swords. (laughs) It is impossible to say. So I do not want you to think in those terms. You're going to have to live a life beyond him. You should live for yourself. That is what your mother would want. But the most important thing is to beat the God King. Like, that's what I have to do this all for. But then what happens afterward? If he is defeated and you have nothing left, who are you then? Can you stop being a conduit? I have never seen someone simply stop being a conduit. What if tomorrow there was no one left to compromise? What would happen? Would I simply vanish in a puff of smoke? I do not know. I guess it just doesn't really matter, does it? Because if we don't defeat the God King, then there really isn't going to be an afterwards for anybody. Duke Pendergrass looks sad at this, and he kind of uh, like sits down amongst the, the glass trees here and he's just kind of running his hand through the soil pensively and he says Sabrina what inspired you to come out of the castle and to go forth on this dangerous journey surely there must have been something that made you think you could handle such an undertaking well I wanted to find my mom and I just didn't think I'd ever get a chance if I didn't go out and do it on my own But there are many people who want things, and they don't risk life and limb to get them. You are more determined than most. I guess. I guess I just didn't really see much of an option the other way. So, all there is to go forward. It was either go out and find my mom, or probably never see her again. I guess I didn't really think about what happens afterwards. Well, we can't have you becoming conduit of thoughtlessness. That is bad. (laughs) So, what if I was the conduit of determination? You said I had that more than anybody else. I do not know anyone else with determination to take on Admiral Day hand to hand. I could not do it. I do not have that within me. She's stupid, and if she hadn't 
had everybody there, I could have won. Maybe. Maybe. But only you are determined enough to try something like that. Yes, determination. I like this. Alright, so do I have to, like, drink a potion or something? Oh, if only it were that easy. You could have picked something much easier, like uh, conduit of petting dogs or conduit of relaxing, but you have chosen quite a, a training regimen. Wait, so it matters what you pick? Yes, because you must dedicate your life to it. Uh, oh, this... So that's why you're the conduit of compromise, because you've always been making deals. Indeed. Because you've always been afraid to just have a big resolution, really. Well, there's no need to say it like that. <laughs> you've always been a coward. That's why you're the conduit of compromise. All right. Well, you enjoy your mother's plants. I'm going to go work on the macros and <laughs> so forth for training. Yes. Okay. Do you, do you water these? Hmm. Why, why don't you roll nature to know about what glass plants need? Uh, I got a 7,900. Shut up. <laughs> nope, <laughs> I botched with the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, what no, thing do you... I just sitting there holding a pail, like a little pail of water over, like, this glass plant water in it, and he's just like, oh, innocent of children, and walks off. Yeah, I do like the idea that you come back here and water these every day, like, unnecessarily. They don't need water. Um, and it's, it's just for you. Yeah. I'm helping. I'm determined to make these plants better. Huh. Fuck my feet. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you so weird? You're the one who made this podcast weird. I didn't make it weird. I gotta, I gotta up the ante. No, that's all. De- it's all getting deleted. If you say the word "feet," all the audience hears is a bleep. So I, that actually got spicier. Fuck your feet. <laughs> you can't say that word. What fuck? No, you can say fuck. This is a fuck friendly oh, oh, podcast. Feet. No, you it's absolutely cannot friendly. say that word. It's not a feet friendly podcast. No, this is a feet hostile podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> You're going to lose so many fans who love feet. They can be in defeat. I just don't want them. Also, I'm making, I'm making, if you do do this, I'm making so much work for you that you're going to have to. So last we left Frida, uh, you were building a flamethrower in the mall. Yeah, out of perfume. Yeah, sometimes people uh, have difficulty reading between the lines of your poetry because you never just say, like, Frida built a flamethrower out of perfume. It's always like... The radical, sabbatical, fanatical. <laughs> <laughs> and then people have to figure out what the fuck that means. <laughs> well, I do uh, have a Google Doc because I love Google Docs um, with all of the words in them. But like, who's got time for words? Um, if you have time for words, they're there. Also, mostly I write these jokes for Lauren who um, finally listened to some of them, and I'm very happy about it um, because she giggled, and now I have her approval, and I can die happy. Okay, so I am sending you 
uh, a character sheet for Frida. Don't worry, we're not going to have uh, too much to think about. But I wanted you to fill out the four little boxes for her personality. Um, and we're going to do that on air because I asked you to do it yesterday and you didn't. Wow, way to call me out. Put you I was on blast, busy. yeah. I had, yeah, I, as an unemployed person, I'm very busy. <laughs> yeah, patreon.com okay, slash so Austin yeah, I'm a sorcerer. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Sorsky. I'm a sorcerer, level three. Queen consort is my background. Um, Void Genasi is my race. True neutral is my alignment. Um, I can go 25, which is... <laughs> You don't have to read all of that. So that's just like placeholder <laughs> stuff. Just basically the reason I wanted to do this is so that if you have like a question, we can roll for a knowledge or something. Uh, you're not in the roll 20, by the way. Okay. So my personality traits. Personality traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws. Yeah. I'm, I'm open-minded. That's a personality trait? If I fucking dated – yeah, if I dated Wolfram and Duke – I'm an. I got a wide spectrum. Or just a bad. And I'm really. I'm really. I mean, this is not. This is out of character. But okay, what about what? Or just bad taste in men. You know who I want. <laughs> I'm not rising to this provocation. <laughs> mm, I just want some office supplies all up inside me. Excuse. What? This there's people listening to this, Joa. Staples. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much. Okay, personality traits, open-minded. Yeah. Horny. Yep. Uh no no no, great hair. That's not a, okay. That says more about you than it says about Frida. Uh, um, you're right. That's well, Todd made me put that in there, you know. Wait, Todd has Metatextual access to her character sheet. Yeah, no. Todd's gonna help me fill out my OK Cupid or her now, which is for females and non-binary. Okay, personality traits so far: open-minded, nice hair, horny. <laughs> yeah, um, horny and wholesome. Can I do horny and wholesome? Sure. Yeah, ideas, ideals, <laughs> ideas. Okay, so ideals. Um. Wait, I'm going to put wholesome here and delete that with the horny goes by itself. It's enough said. Okay. So my ideals, uh, yeah, I was wholesome. Like I wanted just, I wanted a family. I wanted a safe place for my daughter, but I'm, uh, you know, increasingly radicalized. By boys. Uh, and all their fucking bullshit. Yeah. They're on, they're on so much bullshit. Okay, my bonds. Uh, these are people I care about. Yeah, hold on. To, to be clear, in the ideals box, did you write boys are bullshit? Oh, I should do like boys equal bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Boys equal. I don't. Okay, so this is going to be like a slipknot reference because I don't have enough space. It's just going to be boys equal people shit. People equal shit. <laughs> boys equal shit. <laughs> Why are we both making slipknot references in the year 2020? Because we just met and we're bonding over a lot of things that we didn't have anyone else to talk to about when we were 15. <laughs> we didn't just meet. We've known each other for years. Sabrina. Todd. Uh, I mean, do I not? I think, do I not have like a, 
Negabond with Wolfram. Uh, sure, I, I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, so we're gonna do a little plus. We're gonna do a little heart be- beside Sabrina and a little heart beside Todd, and then for uh, Wolfram, can I do emojis in this? I don't think so. Oh hell yeah, I can. Oh god. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm gonna find the skull emoji for Wolfram. Oh no, she's gotten the power of emojis. She's unstoppable. I've got flaws. Um, okay, flaw. I'm gonna do the same. Uh, I'm gonna do the same um, as my personality trait, which is open-minded. Wait, no, that's not. Let's not say that. I mean, I want that to be a flaw. Um, I mean, it could be. Yeah, there's some poeticness about that, isn't it? Like that's a classic Greek hamartia is like the thing that makes you so cool is the thing that's your downfall. Is you keep wait. Le- what is that word? Hamartia. Am I pronouncing that wrong? Hamartia. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna do more flaws. Flaws. Horny. That's gonna be a flaw. Oh no. Okay. So all of her personality <laughs> traits are flaws now. Yeah. Um. And the great, great hair. I mean, that's that's not really a personality trait. I get. Can I put that in a? There's an appearance section. So we're gonna put that in the appearances. Okay. We're not gonna fill out all of this. I just wanted to, to do a little fun exercise with you. It's just a writing prompt. I'm about to fill this whole thing out. Okay, so in the present day, uh, Sabrina was at the Gore Fields and she had a big choice to make. And it kind of came down to a point where she, in an attempt to emulate her sister Amy's uh, ash sword, rolled Arcana to get her own ice sword. Uh, And Chris botched. And he said ominously, like, oh, that's going to be a big deal. That's a big a junction point in the campaign and then he didn't specify what he meant by that and then a couple scenes later he had the white wolf say she was going to stay behind to train to be a conduit i'm not sure if everyone in the audience caught that those two events were related but basically uh sabrina failed to manifest that that kind of ice dagger sword and decided that she was not ready for this big adventure yet and had to stay behind to train so that is mirrored by in the past uh, Frida Wolfram just went through a big breakup and stormed off onto the salt flats and made herself a flamethrower. What Sabrina is doing by staying behind and training with the Duke, which was kind of a big deal. Um, Frida just blew the fuck up at the Duke and then went to the mall with Todd, started making a flamethrower at Racy's department store. And is now, can I go ahead and say this, what we're doing here today? I don't know what you mean by that. I feel (laughs) like we're making an episode. What do you mean? We're making an episode. Well, the whole shit that's going on here is the mall was on the way to Harp City from the Gorefields. It was kind of in between. Um, And we just stopped by there because it was on the way, but... I'm on my way to Harp City, and I want to, but I'm not as cheery as I was the first time, obviously. Um, I'm interested in what those moths have to say, because I tried doing the one thing, getting the Duke on my side. Um, And you know, it's not that he's not on my side, but I've become increasingly radicalized and seem to be more and more caring about starting a revolution then i don't know i i still care about 
my daughter, Sabrina, but I'm just so frustrated that it's like, I feel like I can't fix anything if I don't fix this because there's nowhere safe for her or anyone if I don't fix this. And, um, they, the other moth, uh, told me that I could go to this spa where I could find a fragment world, which was kind of my, my other plan. So I tried this men suck trying something else. Yeah, so the first time you went to the Gorefields from Harp City, you were smuggled in like a supply skiff, but this time you just stormed off and walked into the salt, so you had to stop to like sleep in the mall. But I, I assume at some point you have to sleep again on this journey. And uh, let's, let's actually roll some dice here, uh, okay. Joa. I would like to argue that I do not have to sleep. Why? But that's that's mental illness. <laughs> okay. What if Todd has to when sleep? Are you not going to protect well, he's, him? He's he's high. Mushrooms make you stay awake. This, this is Todd slander. He wants a nap. Okay. We're going to let... Okay, so Todd has a nap. Freedom doesn't know whether or not she slept at all. Um, but what she does know is she's about to roll some dice to find out. Okay, so how about you roll me a survival to secure the campsite from roving halflings during the night? Okay. Yeah, I know a little bit about those now. Um, so I've got a plus three on survival. That's my wisdom. I got a ten. All right, so ten. That's average. So like during the night, a couple of halflings like stumble upon your camp and you blast your flamethrower at them to scare them off. But you don't uh, come out completely victorious. I think you probably get scratched up a couple of times before you manage to scare them off. Yeah, and to clarify, these uh, cannibalistic halflings are not yet inoculated with Wolfram salt. Yeah, this is in the past. Uh, none of that has happened yet. Okay, so uh, maybe I get a little singed by my own flamethrower or some shit. Oh, that's Let's... interesting, yeah. Yeah. All right, so at that, at, after a tense night or two on the flats, you make it to Harp City. Uh, Todd disappears, as he is wont to do. <laughs> I am also that kind of friend in real life, so... <laughs> I empathize with Todd. I was just like, oh, it's been two years since you Facebook messaged me. It's been. My bad. Stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's been. We just discussed how, um, because of Neil Cesarga's new album, Mouth Dreams, which I thought I couldn't deal with that, but it's pretty good. Anyway, because he starts with, are you ready, kids? Anytime anyone says, are you ready, Austin's got more ammunition for his bullshit. I'm sorry. It's a reflex. Yeah. Um, I've completely lost our train of thought. Oh, the moths. Uh, so last you saw the moths, basically you and Todd took the rhyming mushrooms and passed out in the street and you woke up in a clinic uh, run by two moth doctors. So I assume you just go back there. Yeah, I have an idea where it is, obviously, because I was sober when I left. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think we should remind the audience that the moth, well, I guess you're going to get there, but the moths are very different in their approaches to things. Mm -hmm. All right, so you go to the clinic and it's staffed by all these uh, busy drone bees who are like the nurses here. Uh, drones are male in the animal kingdom, so I, I definitely enjoy that uh, touch on our, our insect. I, lo I love it. Lore? lore? I don't like the word lore. <laughs> Let's try a different word. The audience gets itchy when I say the word lore. 
Why? It's a long story. <laughs> okay. Wait. I want to know. You can cut it out. I'm notoriously anti-lore. I Details are fine. Once you get into lore. <laughs> the man who creates lore. No, I create worlds. <laughs> oh, my different. God. That's so much worse. That was dripping. Oh, no. That was oozing. I'm so sticky now. Wait, okay. what? I don't know. <laughs> lore synonym. You said they get itchy. Okay, so uh, this could be mm, the myths. The mythos. Oh, the mythos. How about that? No, mythos is what Cthulhu lore is called. That's just a word. Cthulhu doesn't own mythos, and Cthulhu isn't owned, so we can use it. Also, um, backstory? I don't like backstory either. Jesus, you're so fucking picky. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? You're always like, I'm not picky at all. Like, I'll eat anything. I'll... Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. Anything. I have only. I only have a few strong opinions, but I do have them, and they're mostly about writing. Okay. Uh. So, what do you like? Because you don't like lore. Characters, comedy, and themes. Okay. So themes. Oh, flavor. Flavor's good. Also, yeah, flavor. body horror. Not really related, but as you far just as things. Throw that in there. Okay. Yeah. Well, none of those things are happening right now. We are instead talking about bees who are beesing around. It's, they are, they're minding their own beeswax until you come in. Um, but then when you try to go back to see the doctor, they stop you. So how about you roll something? Or you look at your skills list. How would you get past these bees who want to stop you? Oh, they want to stop me. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I assume that I would just do their animals. So do some animal handling. Nope. These are people. They're oh, my bad. They're bees. But they're... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, aren't we all animals here? Like, if you think about it, we're, I mean, as a human animal, well, I'm a genasi. We're in the same boat. Okay, wait. No, we're all in the same storm. Okay, so I'm going to, well, I'm not going to perform. Yeah, I'm going to persuade them. I've got plus four charisma. Um, I've got a reason to be here. Um, to be here? <laughs> shit. I have to be really careful now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop saying um and just fucking roll. Okay, so, so yeah, I got a 10. Um, I like that the roll has an exclamation point after it. The roll button. It's like, roll. Time for plan B. <laughs> you were hoping this is happening. Do you control roll 20? No, I don't, <laughs> but I wish I could. Roll 20 is in the pocket of Austin Yorsky. I would have given you more interesting roles than two tens, which are the least exciting possible roles. I think with a ten, um, they do they do not let you in, but you cause enough commotion where um, a doctor like pokes his head out and sees you. Okay, so not a moth, or all the all the doctors are moths, or no? But the, basically, a doctor sees you, and word gets back to the moths that you're here, and eventually, someone like pulls you through an employees only door just to shut you up to keep you from making a spectacle and you're led back to the moth doctor's office okay this sounds just like regular american healthcare. because now you're massively in debt well no because you're just like trying to get seen and everybody's like very neutral and like maybe they want to be helpful but they're just unsuccessful and honestly you're just one of many and you just like keep trying and trying and trying and eventually you can see a doctor. But hopefully this turns around. I think they're going to be helpful. 
In your equipment box, can you write massive medical debt now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually going to do that. I don't know if you are joking. Yeah. Also, I think we probably should have clarified this up top, but because you have a character sheet doesn't mean we're going to add you to the main cast or anything where this is just kind of a fun training episode. It's not foreshadowing. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's like twofold training because it's not just training for Frida. It's training for. Wait, that's what you meant. That's what you're getting at. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay, I'm not. Um, we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you are led back to the doctor's office and you see the black moth. Uh, this is a black witch is the kind of moth this uh, person is. Uh, the species, uh, we call them in Dice Funk, Lepidopterans. They're anthropomorphic moths. Uh, so this, this man has is dressed in like surgeon scrubs. Um, he probably has... Um, a bunch of stuff he's doing in here. He's looking at x-rays and, you know, MRIs and so forth. And you come in and he says, hello again, your majesty. I guess I want to tell him that uh, he wasn't much of a help. Like, so, so, yeah, so you were no help at all. I came here to see your friend. So first of all, you're carrying a flamethrower. I don't think anybody in Harp City recognized it as such because this is the post-apocalypse and it's not really clear why someone would be carrying like a handheld device made of perfume bottles, really. Uh, but yeah, I think- and I've got it, you know, like probably like a strap. Maybe I would love a bandolier of perfume bottles. That is um, pretty badass. <laughs> and so it's just kind of like high fashion meets post-apocalyptic, steampunk. Who knows what this could be? Uh, the moth uh, eyes your weapon uh, cautiously and says... I'm just, like, clicking it. I'm, like, kind of playing with it. Yeah. <laughs> it has, like, two parts, right? Like, the start the the flammable part and then the, the flint part. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're playing with that, and the moth seems very uh, cautious around you and says... Your Highness, there's no need for that. If you would like to put it aside, we can have a civil conversation. You know, you're not really as entertaining without the rhyming mushrooms anymore. I don't have a lot of time. So your friend? My husband is out right now. Well, when can we expect him? Perhaps after you have disarmed yourself? Okay, look, you guys were very compassionate with me. Um, I barged in here, made a scene. I'm going to put this down. You're right. Um, I came here for help again. The Duke did not provide the help you and I both hoped he could for Wormwood. And I think you can agree that that's a bit frustrating. This weapon is not for you or for him. Um, I just realized that he is not the hero we were looking for. You get me? Perhaps we back up. We have not been properly introduced, Your Highness. You're absolutely right. 
So I hold out my hand because Harp City is not affected by a pandemic right now. <laughs> we have not brought it up this season. Thank you. <laughs> and I say, and I've already set down my weapon. Mm-hmm. And I've taken off, you know, I'm taking off the bandolier and I'm sending it down gently. Like I'm not, I'm not all coming up in a huff and puff like I was before. And so I very visibly more calmed down, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, 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 I hope that shows him that, you know, I'm, I'm a safe person. And I, I hold out my hand and I say, Frida Wolfram. You are keeping... The name? <clears throat> you know, I haven't had a lot of time to stop and think about this. Um, you bring up a good point, but your name? I am Ramsey. My husband is Angelo. Nice to meet you, Ramsey. Again. Yes, a second time, much more coherent, fortunately. <laughs> It's a little embarrassing. Um, I'm not sure how many cases you've seen of that. Um, actually, you said that it wasn't a super common thing. So I hope it was educational for both of us, to say the least. I'm done with that. I take a unique joy in curing conditions. So it was not a concern for me. I see you have kicked the habit. How about your bat friend? Yes, it's it's not serving me. Um, I'm not sure. I think his his stocks are running low. Um, you know, it's rough to have a friend who's going through it, and um, that friend being me. So he's off and about as he was before. And continues to be now and then. Uh, he's fine. He's fine. It's fine. That is good. So my advice to destroy the regime via the Duke has not panned out. And you plan on asking Angelo advice to carry out his advice and escape to the north? I'd like to hear his side not about the uh, the escape from this situation, but a different perspective on how to deal with this. Because you and I, I feel like you and I were on the same page about some things. I'm afraid that people find our approaches incompatible, my husband and I. I prefer to treat problems once they become apparent, and he prefers to prevent them from becoming apparent at all. Mutually exclusive, you might say. I feel like we get all our heads in a room. You know, Todd might show up. Uh, Probably not. We shouldn't bank on that. But what I do think is that, you know, I'm all here now. I wasn't before. We can have an actual discussion. Um, I think you both have these sets of knowledge that can be helpful in figuring this out, and I get that there's probably going to be a lot of back and forth. Um, are you saying that I just, it's better to not wait for Angelo? Is something going on between you two? I, 
Is there something I'm not getting? He shakes his head and like picks up a bone saw and starts sharpening it. Um, and just says, it is dangerous for us both to be in the same place at once in public. Oh, can, I don't get it. Can you tell me more about that? I do not think I will. If you wish to meet my husband, I can arrange it. But it should be brief and you should be on your way. It is not safe for you to be out, your highness. And so tell me, Ramsay, where is it safe for me to be? Probably nowhere. I hear our god-king has dispatched the conclave to find you. The fuck is a conclave? <laughs> uh, why don't you roll a religion to know what the fuck the conclave is? <clears throat> Thanks, babe. <laughs> that was in character for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> if you get another 10, I'm going to lose it. Oh, shit. Beans, I got an eight. Yeah, so uh, Frida, you probably actually- I don't know shit about shit. You don't know much about this. I think you probably heard that it's some kind of like- group that's close to the god king but i think you just need to ask because this could have yeah. been could have been a point where you're like uh don't try to lecture me on the castle i lived in the castle okay but no you're just like yeah uh, no he kept me in uh like beauty and the beast he kept me in the library you would think i would know what the conclave is uh but i don't so maybe you could give me some insight into that the Conclave is the God King's inner circle. They are four genies of incredible power he sends on his most important missions. They are not really re religious leaders, but they go by those titles. The Friar, the Deacon, the Abbot, and the Vicar. Sounds like a fun group. Um, you know... Now that you say it, I I guess I did see them around. I just never, I don't know, I never thought of their power or thought of his power like this and see it with a new lens. Um, I hear he keeps them close to him. They are bodyguards, assassins, spy masters, and torture technicians. Dangerous people to have after you. I move a little closer to my flamethrower. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, all right, and you're saying they're after me. Great. Uh, how did you hear about that? When? Um, I have sources. The insect folk may not be a favored population, but we are not helpless. You know, I Ramsey, I feel like we could be helpful for each other right now. Maybe not right now, but wouldn't you agree that we've got to kind of come up with something else and that I might be involved in that somehow? You might be involved in that somehow? Or would you rather take Angelo's advice and prevent anything from happening? Meet with my naive other half and perhaps... He will talk his kind of sense into you, or maybe you will be repelled back onto my side. But I have said my piece. There is a cancer in Wormwood, and I would cut it out. 
The Duke may not have been the best man for the job, but someone is. Thank you for your time. I'll wait for Angelo. The Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. You know where that you know that movie takes place? In London, France. <laughs> okay, fine. You don't even want to play with me. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's the right place. Yes, which we're, we're all be at the time of the audience hearing this, barring some kind of terrible, unfortunate accident. Are you excited? Now, I'm going to warn you a couple things. Okay. Uh, you need to... I know you're a Chicago Bears fan. Am I, though? To a small extent. I'm Brian Urlacher sucks. Jay Cutler sucks. <laughs> Fucking Mike Dicka sucks. Fuck how, the how, team. How can Jay Cutler suck? He is the greatest moment of all sports time where he's at the urinal and someone asks him a question and he just screams, don't care, really loudly into the air. He sucks shit. All the people who've ever, they all suck. I They're all bad. Them. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if you decide to go with the new team, perhaps you would like to be a fan of the Washington football team. Uh, which I would highly <laughs> su- not suggest, but uh, don't wear it around town because that's um, liable to get you attacked. Yeah, I've been talking to my partner about becoming a fan of Philadelphia sports and no. just starting over Mm-mm. clean, but I know Mm-mm. it would break your heart as I, a Giants I, fan. I, I, we might never talk again. That might be the end of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> what, can I at least be a Flyers fan? Do you care about hockey? No, you can do whatever you want with hockey. Just don't be an Eagles fan. Okay. Well, Honestly, you can be a fan of every Philadelphia sport as long as it's not the Eagles. I've told you my dream. I want to. I, I, it's gone. My dream has been lost forever. Of dying on my deathbed as the Eagles lose a Super Bowl, so they go their enti- my entire lifetime without them winning a Super Bowl. That was my dream, and it's gone because of Big Dick Nick. Yeah, who's now on the Chicago Bears because life is a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Although they're not starting him for reasons which are unclear. I mean, the audience does not care about NFL football. I apologize. No, no, this is what you do. You don't care what they want, Austin. You power through it. I talked to Nick the other day during our manga podcast about a, a, an AEW hire, and there's people in the chat who are like, I don't care about wrestling, talk about anything else. I'm like, no, this is for us. Yeah, this is our time to shine, you and me, mm-hmm. on our podcast all by ourselves. Um, but at some point, we should get back to Sabrina, who is training to become the conduit of determination. Before we get into the scene, have you thought about what that's going to do mechanically if she achieves it? So my thought is... That with the condo determination, she has to be determined to go after something. There has to be a, like an object of that determination. So my thought is the more she is focused and doing in regard, like as long as she is actively pursuing that goal, she can become stronger. But anytime she does pretty much anything that puts her attention somewhere else, she gets weaker as a result. Mm. We could do that a couple of different ways. The most obvious would be uh, advantage and disadvantage, but that does feel pretty mundane because we, you know, we often give that for things just like uh, the sun is in your eyes or you had a nice big drink of water or something. <laughs> yeah, you, you asked for advantage, so now roll with disadvantage. Because I don't want to argue with you. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of something maybe even more extreme. Like she could get a level every time she does something in in her quest or loses a level every time she's distracted. That feels like more yeah. intense. That's pretty intense. 
Um, so the first thing I think she does to build her determination is the thing that I did in my life to build determination, which was dig ditches. Mm, okay. Oh, it's this. <gasps> Could this be like Cobra Kai? I have not seen Cobra Kai. I heard it's good though. <sighs> it's very good. The second season's getting a little Power Rangery, but the first season's <laughs> so good. Oh, oh, it's so good. Uh, so here in the Gorefields, there's a lot of manual labor to be done, and Charlie the Mole is more than happy to put the princess to work. Uh, she tries to hide her glee, but I mean, come on. It's pretty sweet to see uh, Sabrina with a shovel in her hands digging. So why don't you make an athletics roll to get to work as you start digging like irrigation ditches? Interesting. Athletics, you say, and not deception? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you're going to deceive the dirt into moving. Well, I got a 16, actually. That's pretty good. That's so, pretty I mean, it's good. a heavy shovel for a 10-year-old, but you're getting in there. You're not doing as good as everyone else, but you're picking the dirt up. You're putting We're it working. down. You, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's a good start. Um, this is some pretty brutal work. I did it in Florida for a number of years. It's, you know, 100 degrees every summer. It really fucking sucks. So I'm going to need you to do constitution saving throw and not to have a heat stroke. I got a 10. Does that avoid heat stroke? So that's average. I would say you definitely get dizzy and have to stop at some points, but you don't collapse, which is a thing I did in someone's backyard in Naples, Florida. <laughs> Aw, why were you work- why were you digging ditches? Were you in trouble with the law? Uh, those those are separate things. <laughs> <laughs> it was not why I was digging ditches, but that was also occurring at the same time. <gasps> you said you never committed a crime. I've never done any fun, interesting crimes. You guys are always smoking weed and being horny. I don't know. I don't have horny. I don't have anything like that. Everyone in the show has done a horny crime. I'm ace, baby. I just <laughs> pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna punch the shit out of her clitoris. That sounds hot, right? <laughs> like a speed bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this mental image is very powerful. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right, so uh, we did one uh, strength and one constitution. Now, I think what's what's a third kind of role or a spell you could do here, digging in the war fields to build uh, some some character? Uh, I think I could cast like an ice spell into the air to kind of cool everything down, right? Oh yeah. Oh, are you kidding? The, the other workers would love that. Yeah, I want to do that. I want to cast. Uh... Well, I should have taken, honestly, now I wish I had taken Sleet Storm, because this would be very thematically appropriate there, but it's such a garbage spell and non-applications that I didn't take it, so I'll cast a Stylock Snowball Swarm. Okay, swarm it. I'm gonna swarm it. There's a bunch of snowballs flying up in the air. Uh, uh, so, I, that's a save, right? Oh, uh, let me look it up. I didn't have my spell book open, I guess. Mm. Didn't realize Austin was gonna require that. Um, Dexterity saving throw. All right, so I'm just going to just do a raw d20 because nobody's really dodging them. Uh, 14. Uh, it's underneath my spell to, uh, save, so... You succeed, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, you know, Sabrina's going to, like, wipe the sweat off her brow and uh, roll her sleeve up. And uh, I guess this could just be, like, cool hand Luke, so I guess she has an egg-eating competition in a little bit. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll give you three levels if you sing Plastic Jesus right now. Damn, I don't know the lyrics off the top of my head. Give me a second. I'm not typing anything. It's just going to sound like I Uh-huh. I don't care if it rains or freezes as <laughs> long as I've got 
My plastic Jesus. That's such a good movie. It, it is actually a very good movie. And this is a very old reference, though. So if the people weren't turned off by football, they're definitely going to be turned off by the Cool Hand Luke references. I know. I was actually talking with my partner about because we got like Newman's own salad dressing or something. And I was like, man, I miss Paul Newman. He fucking rocked. And she was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? How dare you? Uh, she's older than me for the record. So it's not even a generational thing. All right. I guess you just lost that. Uh, so, yeah, Sabrina is going to do all that. And then she's going to like raise her hand into the sky. And she's going to launch out this series of snowballs that are going to like jump into the air or, or fire into the air and then i guess just the residual heat's gonna start kind of melting them and it's kind of like a a little bit of like a slushy rain but like a, a nice kind of cool rain for everybody yeah so there's a lot of different ways when you're doing manual labor to cool off obviously you should be drinking water uh, a thing i worked so i did irrigation and lawn maintenance in south florida so a lot of people I worked with were like undocumented immigrants and the rich people's houses we were we were maintaining were like very suspicious of them which is funny because they were all very well behaved and very hard workers but the white people i worked with were like clowns and like constantly you know not working very hard and one thing they love to do is if the rich people weren't there was to go swimming in their pools so so that's another way you can do that. Yeah. No, Sabrina's focused. She's, she has, to, this is her job right now. So she is dedicated to doing it. Yeah. If I wish I had someone who could shoot snowballs out there, that's, that'd be great. You so can, you Austin. I have a device I'd like to sell you. It's called the snowball shooter. And uh, <laughs> it's a small 60 pound tube that you hold underneath your arm and uh-huh. then you squeeze the handle. It'll shoot snowballs into the air. Is now, this a Fortnite snow- thing? No, this is a me right now thing for 17 easy payments of $445. Well, those are um, easy payments. Those are very easy payments. Uh, only a little bit more expensive than the cost of insulin a week. Uh, you could also have this thing <laughs> that will destroy your arm uh, just off the nature of it being 60 pounds strapped to it constantly and not on the other side. We've radicalized you, Chris. I feel like when you joined the show, you're like, I've never heard of a politics. And now you're like, the medical industry is killing us all. They must be destroyed. Oh, feel the burn, baby. That's all I can say. <laughs> feel that burn. Yeah, this this episode was recorded very early on. So we don't know Bernie didn't win the nomination. <laughs> don't tell me. I haven't watched. Like, I, like I taped the primary results. And I'm like, no, no, don't, don't tell me. I'm going to watch it. I, I just got to wait for the right time. And I'm going to watch the game. Oh, no. So, yeah, I think you definitely win the appreciation of some of the workers here. Obviously, as a princess, there's still the class divide and, you know, these people aren't so easily won over. But it's a nice gesture that they will remember. Um, I think at some point, Charlie comes over to you, to, over to you and says, huh, I'm surprised to see you're still standing, kid. Well, it has to be dug, right? So I have to dig it. I guess that's one way of looking at it. The Duke said to put you to work to get your determination up. I figured it'd be a couple of days before you were able to make it to the end of a shift. I'll, I'll, I mean, I try. So all I have to do is just focus on that. Have you ever run so hard you threw up? Is this a question to me, the character, or me, the person? Both. Uh, so Sabrina definitely know. Have I ever run so hard I threw up? No, but I've gotten very, I've definitely run and been like, oh, I feel much worse than I did when I started this, uh, usually on just like really hot days or something like that. Yeah, it, t- it didn't happen to me until uh, football practice in high school when you, you know suicides, uh, like the exercise suicides. 
Uh, so I have a secret, Austin. I was actually a big nerd in high school, so I never, <laughs> never was on the football team. <laughs> oh no! What you're a nerd, and now we can't hang out. Yeah, no. Instead, while people were talking about that, I was wearing John Cena spinner necklaces to school, and uh, Lashawn McCoy said he thought my necklace was cool because he went to my my high school. So that's kind of like a football thing that I did. I talked to a guy who went to play in the NFL. I played football with Tommy Bohannon, who's in the NFL now. Shout out to Tommy. You're not listening. You also had a child recently. That's cool. Congratulations, man. Anyway, there's an exercise, and I mean, I'm sure other people do it too, but at football practice, it's called suicides, where you run back and forth to the sideline basically until you throw up. And so that was the first time that happened to me. And it is an extremely strange feeling. Your body is not meant to do that thing um, but it really works and so I think that's kind of what the Duke is expecting you to do is to work so hard that you unlock a new level of having a body uh, I don't know why you said it that way because that's kind of unnerving body it, it sounds like very unnerving were, to go through it sounds like you were an alien who was like the body shall be mine the body uh, do you need me to make constitution saving throw again no, I think you you did the uh, basically rule of threes. You've succeeded on all the checks. You had an interesting spell usage. So I'm just, that's what's going on here. Okay. Is that like every day you march down to the fields um, and, you know, Charlie hands you a shovel and you work to build your determination. That's not the only thing you're going to do. And I'm, I'm sure you do get some days off, but you're doing really hard physical labor and it sucks. And I think, um, do you have any, any way to express that? I mean, right now um, here at the Gorefields, uh, Yuminora the the car- carbon elementals here maybe you could just like talk to him as he wanders around just going mama and eating trees yeah i want to help him i also want to make it uh known that i guess like the second day that i'm going to just digging ditches and everything like that uh it's a, a very important anime trope to have a very important haircut i mm. think sabrina's cut her hair down to like shoulder length because otherwise it's too messy it gets in the way Mm. Yep, I definitely started bu- buzzing my my head after working outside. Yeah, so I, I get that. Yeah, and now I'm gonna wave to you, Minora. Make sure he's not getting get not, make sure he's not getting into trouble. Um, yeah, the Minora is definitely getting into trouble by trolling the Hydra giraffe. That's fine. I mean, the the, the thing to not get into trouble with the, the, the giraffe's fine. The giraffe loves it. Mm-hmm. As we found out, its kink is being gaslit. So okay, well, I don't know. That's how I interpreted that. But fine. <laughs> yep, it, lo- it, lo- it loves to be gaslit. Mama, are you staying out of trouble? Mama, it shakes its head no. <laughs> well, just don't bother Charlie or any of the other moles. You uh, Yuminor <laughs> runs over and kicks the hydro giraffe in the shin and wobbles away. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Go get him, honey. You're the best. <laughs> Animal handling check. <laughs> uh, ooh. Hmm. I got a seven. Is that good? That's a pretty high number when you think about it. No, and I think what happens here, this is great. I think the giraffe hydro tries to like pick you up by your hair with its mouth and messes up your hair, and that's when you like get the, the idea to cut it in like a, a really important haircutting yeah. character development scene. I take, a, I, I take my dagger out and I cut it in that moment, and it's very similar to when Sakura cut her hair in Naruto, and that was the last important thing she ever did. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I have not encountered Naruto. Or as it's I like fine. to call it, Baruto's dad. Hey, how dare you? <laughs> They're all good, tons of good characters. There's a dude with bugs. He doesn't do anything, but he's so cool. 
Uh huh. Okay, so Sabrina has a cool new haircut thanks to the the giraffe. But um, after you yeah. after you escape from its wrath and chase after Yuminor, I think yeah, you guys are like playing hide and seek in the fields or something. Do you talk to him about your problems? Is that who you talk to? Yeah, I think she does. She talks to him a little bit. I think it's a little bit different than when he didn't seem to have any consciousness and was just like a little thing in like a, a mascot head. Mm-hmm. But I think she still does talk to him. And I think right now she actually feels pretty secure. Like, I think she's going to be like, I think training's going well. Like, I've, I've dug a lot of ditches and those are really good. So I, I bet any day now I have a conduit. I think Yuminora pokes his head out from behind a tree and just looks at you and goes, strong, and then runs away. <gasps> you learned a new word. See, you're determined and you can learn any kind of word. And then I'll learn how to dig the best ditch and then I'll kill father. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a healthy brain. <laughs> We're not damaging this child. Nope. Remember, she, she's already admitted she doesn't feel anything when she kills people. Da 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 da. It's the eye of the tiger. This is a real rocky filled episode. There's been speed bag references and running up Philadelphia steps. Everything's there. So where would Frida meet Angelo, the white witch moth, Ramsey's husband? Okay. So where would they meet? Um, yes. Harp City is a skyscraper that fell on its side. So there's a lot of floors here where you can just make up fun stuff for, to exist. Or it can be anything else we can kind of workshop together. Um, so I feel like uh, he's very methodical. And thoughtful. And so maybe like a little bonsai place. A little bonsai <laughs> place. Yeah, that's cute. So it's like a, a, a bonsai store from the pre-apocalypse. Is yeah, everything- and so we're kind of like walking through these tiny trees, like how you how you walk through and you like see each other through the shelves in a library, mm. like spies meeting. But just, maybe, he's, maybe he's trimming the bonsai. I don't okay. know. I was going to say, is this an intentional parallel to seeing the Duke amongst the, the vineyard, like we're walking between the grapes and so forth? Not a romantic mirror, but just like a meeting another man who is going to be f- insufficient for your needs because that's how they are. God damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying it could be a visual metaphor. Yeah. Let's just like every piece of symbology that I bring to Dice Funk. It's all on purpose. Let's just put that out there. Okay, so you approach Angelo in the bonsai shop. Uh, what do you say? Do you still have your flamethrower? Are you still like cut up from your halfling encounter, or have you like washed up? I've washed up. I'm presentable. Um, I'm respectful and trusting that everyone else is respectful of this space, this like peaceful space. And yeah, so, roll, per- roll perception to see the space, actually. God, what the hell? That's your third 10. I would say Frida's pretty average tonight, huh? Yeah, for someone who's really up and down, she's right in the middle right now. Um, So I think you notice that there are some uh, guards around the door when you come in, but you don't like do a 
a trained operative like ocular sweep of the perimeter or anything you just notice there are some armed guards here uh they're formians which are the kind of centaur ant people but that's all you get for a 10 is that this place is not unguarded okay i have questions i have questions of course. Okay. Well, first I wanted to this is not a question. Just saying I have questions was an opportunity to talk. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I okay. want to say that this is proof that Roll20 is not against everybody getting them all crits and botches. Oh, like how it's been ruthlessly fucking Corton this season? Yeah, and now it's ruthlessly fucking moderate for Frida. So, just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, second thought, the fuck are guards doing? In front of a bonsai shop. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, it before you answer that, okay, thank you. It is weird. Okay, that was an answer. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, no, you said before you answer that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I always want you to just like bulldoze through. Okay, okay. so the <laughs> third thought is: Do I know whether these are, you know, are they going to be little birds that will report back to Wolfram? Are they part of the regime, or are they like? Are they uh, like proprietary guards for bonsai markets? <laughs> uh, with a 10, you just see guards. You, they don't strike you as being anything in particular. I would just say your cultural knowledge of, of the basically the racism in Wormwood is that you don't think that insect folks would narc directly to the God King. Okay. Well, I'm confident um, that we're cool. And what I'm more confident about is myself. And... My great hair, thanks to Cosmignon. I have seen your character sheet, so it does. That's confirmed. Thank you, and and um, also, you know, just like the way to deal with security folk is to just act like you know what you're doing there. Um, you're just a normal person. You're not gonna do anything shifty. Yeah, we've been discussing the clipboard strategy since season one. Just anytime you're somewhere, just walk confidently and carry a clipboard and people will Okay, so I you. absolutely, I've grabbed a clipboard because we were in a doctor's office. And I'm like, I'm going to need this. And you know me. I, okay, I got rid of all of my personal belongings to move to Philadelphia, right? What did I keep? Not one, but two clipboards. Yeah. I yeah. have three. But I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've definitely, I've obviously got a clipboard. Um, I've I've stowed my flamethrower um, in a space uh, quietly where no one can see it. I'm a I'm very smart and crafty and charismatic. Look at my character sheet. I have great hair. Well, you say that now. I have to post this ding dang thing. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm just walking in. I'm like, and then as I'm going, you know, I'm not making eye contact with them. I don't need them to know who I am. I just need to blend in. I'm like, how you guys doing? Hope you're having a good day. Thanks. You know. So you walk in and Angelo's there. He has like little pruning shears. I think like the the contrast between. The really tiny ones. Yeah, the contrast between his husband's bone saw and sh- sh- like shing scalpels all over his office and Angela's like tiny little blunt pruning shears. Is, I bet they uh, have. What? Go ahead. I bet they have great sex. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I, yeah, no, I, I know. interrupted your flavor. Uh huh. My, my mythos? With my flavor. <laughs> my flavor mythos? Woo woo! New word. 
Okay, Flavlore. Don't say Flavlore. Flavlore. So oh. Dice Funk has created two things. Conduits. Flavlore. Uh-huh. Thank you. And good Can you night. define Flavlore? Well, so, you know, life throws things at you, or rather Austin, and Who is gotta- life as far as you're concerned? <laughs> Jesus, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, just the royal you, the audience. Okay, sure. You're every, you're the environment and everything. I, I follow you. Good. Also, you are my wife. I love you. Oh, baby, we can't. This is too much. Okay. So, um, what were we talking about? Oh, Flavlor. Okay. So yeah, Austin throws things out there, and then the player characters are like, "Well, it's more like this," or like, "Austin, shut up! I do what I want." And so sometimes they have just like Flavlor blasted shit, you know? Yeah, I think the moles from season four, like the, the iconic Flavlor moment. Yeah. So like, maybe the international listeners don't know about flavor blasted goldfish, but that's what I was talking about. Yeah, when they're lore blasted goldfish, that's when I I check out usually. Yeah, um, or you really ramp up. You know, sometimes you get real excited, and then I get excited. Okay, so the flavor lore um, is just a new kind of lore. You know, we're done with lore. We're the queers are in here taking over, and we've got flavor lore. <laughs> Wait, are you? Everyone's saying, excited about it. Are you saying flavor lore is gay lore? Yes. Okay. It's also radical. It's very radical. Okay, so Frida, you walk into the bonsai shop and stand there motionless for 20 minutes as out-of-character conversations happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like in Second Life. Like, <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, Angelo like looks up from his bonsai and says, Can I help you? I... I'm hoping you remember me. Ramsey told me you would be here and I could find you. I'm uh, sober. (laughs) And, you know, his advice didn't really work out. I'm not ready to check out of Wormwood um, and abandon everything that's going on here. Um, As you had, you know, I vaguely remember you maybe suggesting... When we spoke last, or, you know, it was weird. And I apologize for that. Moving on, um, I was hoping we could have a little chat because, you know, Ramsey and I are a little similar and uh, makes sense we had the same idea for what to do to, you know, talk to the Duke, see if we could get his help. But the Duke is of no help. He's basically in the pocket of Wolfram. You know, he's a nice fellow, but. Useless. And, um, yeah, I, I wanted to pick your brain about what, what we can do about this situation. Angela looks annoyed, and from maybe the beginnings of a headache somewhere going on, on across his face, and he says, uh, I thought, I thought Ramsey had solved all this. He's the whole, he sent you away to take down the God King. What? I knew this was going to happen. If you had just listened to me, you'd be gone by now. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Are you saying that you just want to be rid of me? Um, Your presence puts us all in danger. You understand that, right? 
the the conclave has been dispatched. One of the one of the genies is a torture specialist. Anywhere you go, everyone is in mortal peril. Okay, I'm just I'm kind of you know I'm quick to anger nowadays, and um, so I'm just saying uh, my presence is the one causing danger. My presence, not Wolfram's presence. We're blaming me now. I'm the problem. He does look a little ashamed when you say that and kind of uh, lets his indignation subside. Yeah, um, so he's looking a little sheepish and I say, look, I'm not trying to start anything. Um, you seem frustrated. I think it's clear to you that I am frustrated. Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to do something here and I can't. I can't do it by myself. I'm going to leave as soon as I can. I'd like to have a productive conversation before I do that. A productive conversation about surviving Absinthia? That's where you're going, right? To the north? To the the fragment of the old world? Um, If you think that I should just go off the advice you gave me while I was incredibly high, I can do that. I'll go about my way. But I was hoping to touch base with you before... Moving forward um, with figuring any next steps out, you and Ramsey at least seemed to me at first to be compassionate people who were passionate about how big of a shit Wolfram is. I don't know how to say that in a more polite way. Um, Your bonsai is beautiful, by the way. You've done a great job. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much. It's a full-time effort to keep them this nice you have to be very vigilant in preventing them from getting out of shape that makes sense and similarly i wish someone would have intervened earlier with wolfram he wasn't always this bad and the longer this goes on the worse it gets uh i don't blame you i blame him obviously but you realize he also has reasons for the things he does We all have reasons, don't we? Doesn't. It might explain things, but it doesn't excuse them. And at the end of the day, something still needs to be done about them. Do you know his reasons? You know what? Hit me. What do you know? Tell me about my ex. (laughs) I know that Wormwood wasn't always like this. It was once a, a beautiful ocean with many underwater civilizations and cultures and then one day the sky fell and landed on it and it was crushed and destroyed and all the people were killed and their societies were dashed and their languages were lost everything was demolished into this vile crater and buried it underneath the salt but it's still down there Underneath us right now, there's infinite culture and technology and history. Is this what you tell yourself at night so that you can go to sleep? What is this? Where did you hear this? It doesn't really bring me much comfort to know that a man obsessed with potential has an entire world under his feet that he can control at his whim. He's become obsessed with it. It's his all-consuming goal 
to control the potential underneath the salt. I'm assuming you would like that to change. Um, maybe I didn't seem when we met before like I could contribute much to a change in Wolfram or the Wormwood, but I can, and I am. And I'd like you, maybe not and, but or, Ramsey's help. You you two seem to keep separate and not not work together too much. Our styles complement each other. I keep things from getting bad, and then if they get bad anyway, he makes them good. It's perfect. You guys must have great sex. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um let's see. Well, if you want to help, that's fine, but you I once again I have to stress that you are a bomb waiting to go off and I would prefer if you weren't here when that happened. Well, this bomb is about to leave. I came here to get as much information as I can before I leave. Because as you said, it's dangerous for not only me, but everybody for me to be here. Um, so I'm not planning on coming back. I... Maybe you don't know this about me. My family is a family of Genasi. I'm a void Genasi. Does that mean anything to you? Voids are nothingness. Vacuum? Just like... Space. The, the, the cold, empty vacuum of space. Yes, and I would like to pick your brain about how that could be useful in this situation we all have ourselves in. The void of space is uninhabitable. It's hostile to life. I can, I, to use it the way that the void genasi do is a very deadly weapon. Is that what you're asking? I'm a doctor. I know how to best employ nothingness on a body. Do you think you can help me? If you want to help, I don't think you will be most useful on the front lines, even with a flamethrower. I think you should go north to Absinthia, See the fragment world, and if it's somewhere you want to take your daughter. But if you want to prevent God King Wolfram from harnessing all of the world beneath us, you should... The problem is Wolfram, right? You should seek out your sister-in-law, Queen Consort Denise Wolfram. Her, her and her son, Sven, are, are in Absinthia. You know, I haven't talked to her in so long. Is that, does that make sense? Or ever? Sven is the second youngest Wolfram child. Obviously, Sabrina is the youngest, but Sven is the second. Uh, so the, the, they would have been in the castle of the closest proximity. If anything, you'd be closest to Denise. Mm -hmm. um, that's the second named uh, queen consort because at this point, the audience is aware Amy's mother is dead. 
and uh, Marcel's mother has fled the country, and so yeah. neither of them are going to like show up as main characters. But yeah. Denise is alive, and she is north. Yeah, and I think um, also process of elimination. Uh, there was earlier when we talked about the wives. One was dead, one was missing, one was loyal, and one uh, joined the Athar. And if you <laughs> put those four people in those four categories, uh, Denise, well. Yeah, well, what I was thinking is that I think it's kind of telling a part of the story that, you know, like we said, left Wolfram, uh, tried to get help from the Duke, a useless man, tried to talk to Angelo and Ramsey, um... You know, trying all of these people trying to be helpful. Well, not really Wolfram; he's the problem. But um, these three people, at least, trying to be helpful, but just not able to help. And I didn't even think to go see my sister-in-law. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. So yeah, I think I'll say. You know, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. I haven't talked to her in so long. Do you know how to find her? Angelo says, if you leave Harp City and go north, first you'll come across the Tarek settlements in Absinthia. They have chosen a different way to deal with their oppression. That's what I'll say about the Tarek. If you make it past them, you go further north and you will find a piece of the old world sticking out of the salt flats revealing beneath all of that potential God King Wolfram is so obsessed with, in which he has tasked his consort Denise with studying. Rumor is she is a something of a genius in those areas. You know, Ramsey wasn't very forthcoming, letting me know his sources or how he knew anything about me, my situation, the conclave coming for me. So I'm a little curious if I should expect to get fucked <laughs> meeting <laughs> meeting with Denise. Um, you know, is that just walking straight into the the trap? Um I guess you can't help me. I've just got to do it. It might very well be a trap. That's Wormwood. Every hand outstretched to help could be concealing a dagger, and we just go on living because there isn't another way. It's really dark. Um, okay. And I don't know how long it's been since you spoke with her, but it's not as if she's on a chain gang researching the old world. It's her life's joy, and she reports back with glee. That makes sense with what I remember. I know we don't have a lot of time and I really appreciate you spending this time with me, even though it's dangerous and I kind of came here and bombarded you. But you know, while I'm here already, you did say something about using the void power in a body. I've never done that. A flamethrower will run out of fuel eventually, but the void power comes from within you. And within you, it's safe, but 
if it was in someone else, say, in their heart or brain, well, that's not a great place to have nothing. I would agree. So maybe you are walking into a trap in Absinthia, but you're not going unarmed. I feel like I'm not as deft with those skills as I'd like to be. Is that a word? Deft? Yep. D-E-F-T. Deft. Hell yeah. <laughs> words. Getting funky with some words. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I know get it. Words. Like my old show. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Angela says, if it will get you out of Harp City faster, I suppose that could help you refine your technique. Sounds good to me. But before I do, I can't be training you anywhere people can see you, and I especially can't be calling you Mrs. Wolfram. Yeah, you can call me something else. What can I call you? I guess I should have thought of that. I mean, it could be as simple as just retaking your maiden name. It's What was my maiden name? It's your character. Ah. Oh. Well, it's not beans. <laughs> I almost said all oh, beans. <laughs> and it's not that. <laughs> yeah, that, don't <laughs> even joke about that. The audience is going to immediately... Because people really think it. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. like, yep, Lola's uh, cousin confirmed. Okay. Um, Kali. Does that work? How is that spelled? K-A-L-I. Okay, so Kali um, in Hinduism dances on men. Wait. <laughs> okay, wow. Excuse what? me? <laughs> oh, no. Like, like on their, like they're laying down on the ground and she's like, ha ha ha, I've defeated you. Owned. Yeah, she owns them. It's great. Kali, Hindu goddess. Uh, Hindu goddess of death, time, and doomsday, and is often associated with sexuality and violence, but is also considered a strong mother figure and symbolic of motherly love. No one's going to believe you didn't plan this, and it wasn't literally just me ambushing you. I really did it. (laughs) Yeah, it's really so good. I didn't know all of this stuff. I just remember, okay, I'm pulling up a picture. I'm going to send it to you. It's really fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, you didn't even think about, you didn't even tell me. Well, way to put me on the spot, but I do well under pressure, um, which is, okay, here, I'm sending you this picture. Look at her. She's like Shiva. She's got multiple arms. She's blue. Um, Shiva is the god of, destruction. Uh, you know, death and destruction and also rebirth. Um, also sex. Every Hindu god has many aspects, and usually it's like life, death, rebirth, destruction. Many arms, many aspects. Oh, yeah, Kali from... Yeah, okay, so I'm going to send you what Kali looks like in Shimagami Tensai, one of my favorite games. Oh, baby. Show me your video games. <laughs> I don't, I'm not crazy about your tone, but... Uh, <laughs> okay, look at this one. This one is with her... She has a necklace of uh, men's heads. Oh, yeah, she has it in this one, too. Also, Kali is really badass in the Persona games, uh, like a real, real good Persona to have. Okay, so I was thinking like, oh, Frida, 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 and then I was going to do that thing that I always do, which is just make the name backwards, and I was like, call me no. Adderf. Yeah, but I didn't do it. I didn't even say it until now. <laughs> and then 
I was like, oh, something Sabrina, witchy. And then I was like, Salem. And I was like, that's stupid. And I was like, witchy. And I was like, Frida Kahlo. You know how ADHD minds work. It was just like tennis balls everywhere yeah. and a dog, like trying to catch them. And then I thought of like Kahlo, obviously. And then I was like, Kali. And I was like, wait, Kali. I have to stop saying I was like, because that sounds really It's bad. fine. Okay, you sent me something. I did. I sent you the persona art. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so, I mean, the way this scene ends is Angela says, all right, so Frida Kali, come with me, and I'm going to teach you how to, put a, how to put a void inside a man. And if anybody wants to kidnap you and take you back to the God King, they're going to find that you're prepared and you can prevent that from happening. I'd love to learn a little bit about bonsai while we're at it. It's not a real robot, though. It's clearly like a man in a robot costume. I mean, you know what happened? It was just that Sylvester Stallone was at home watching 60 Minutes or whatever the fuck and just saw a special about robots. And he's like, oh, my God, a robot would be great in my movie. <laughs> it's literally what happened. And now he's like, yeah, that was a dumb, dumb <laughs> asshole thing up. to do. <laughs> He stood up and his trombone spilled all over his pants. But he did care. He's like, I need to put that robot in my movie. Uh huh. I re- we're gonna fade in on this and just give the audience no context. This story will be months old by the time they hear it. They won't remember. It's great. That's that's the best way it needs to go. Okay, so I think uh, after Pendergrass is basically doing mostly hard labor at first, just to build your determination. But at some point, he sends you to Amy who is standing in the smoke melon field and looking mischievous. She has a kind of shit-eating grin. She often does when she's like, hid your favorite toy or eaten the last of the cookies that you were really looking forward to. She she looks like a bastard. Why do you look so happy? (laughs) Well, the Duke Duke told me I need to help you train. But I'm just training by digging holes. Do you have holes I need to dig? No, Stanley Yelnats. I do not have holes for you to dig. I don't know who that is. That's okay. That reference wouldn't exist in our universe anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> do- well, that was very confusing, but why are you here? Well, the question is, why are you here? And she gestures to the melons on the ground. And why are these here? Because you're going to use them to kill people? Well, yes, that is why they're here. That's why they were planted here. But right now, we're training in this field for a very specific reason, which is, according to the Duke, in order to become a conduit, and I'm not sure I believe him, maybe he's, you know, lying, because he does, he's not in on our plan, by the way. Maybe I don't need I to make that clear, but you can't tell him what we're doing. Yeah? About taking over and getting rid of Father. Yes, he does not know about well, that. the God King. Yes, don't tell him. I just want to be clear. That should be obvious, but you're 10, so I want to dispense with su- subtlety. I'm almost 11. Okay. Well, who's even counting? What's a calendar? No one knows. We have one back at the castle. <laughs> it's the only calendar in all of Wormwood. Everyone else just yep. guesses. E- everyone gathers around it. And they look for all the holidays. You know, it's National Dog Day. It's just one of those calendars that has all the bullshit holidays on there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's National Stroopwaffle Day. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, but she says, according to the Duke, Troop Waffle was, uh, I believe, some kind of combat to the death. So it's a day of reference. <laughs> <laughs> I can't leave this in. This is too stupid. <laughs> That's why it has to be in. Uh, Amy says, according to the Duke, in order to become a conduit, you have to become obsessed with one thing to the detriment of everything else. And so we're going to be doing what's called negative reinforcement. Do you know what that means? It doesn't sound good. It sounds like what I've had a lot of my life so far. Yep. <laughs> she does not hide her complete disinterest in that. Yeah, we all had our hearts, Sabrina. I'm not going to just let it happen this time. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do? I want to try to make my sword, all, my dagger all icy. All right. That's Arcana. Six now. This game doesn't want me to have that ability. So, yeah, that's the third time you've tried that, huh? Yeah. And one time you botched. Um, so, yeah, you try to make your dagger icy and it just gets a little colder. Maybe like one or two little like crystals form. And she just sees that and just kind of laughs. And it's like, <laughs> are you trying to do this? And then her dagger just explodes into like ash and flame. And just like is now like sword sized with the, the, the column of like sharp ash coming off of it. And she's like, you want to have a rumble right here, Sabrina? Uh, Sabrina is going to be very sad that her sword does not look that cool, and instead it's just a tiny dagger that's kind of cold, but she is going to hold it like it were kind of an equivalent weapon and just say, I have more than just this, you know. Listen, if you're feeling froggish, leap. I ain't got all day. Uh, all right, yeah, I want to cast slow on her. Interesting, all right. So Amy's pretty good at magic, so you're going to cast slow, and I have to save against that. That's wisdom? Uh, it is, yes, a wisdom saving throw. has to beat a 15. 24. Uh, but if you go too high, then you don't get anything. Yeah, okay. So it's like a push-your-luck mechanic. Uh, she does that thing from My Hero Academia where you put one hand behind you and it explodes, and she launches her forward that uh, the guy does in that show. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Bakugo? Yes, exactly. There you go. Yeah, she shoots like a column of ash out of one of her hands, like a, a just a jet, and shoots herself forward before you can even react. And she's on top of you. She brings the knife down, knocks yours out of your hand, and just like tackles you to the ground. Uh, unless you beat her in a strength contest, is what we're doing now. Um, I'm gonna have advantage because I'm 19 and you're 10. Oh, almost 11 though. 24. Well, Weird I can't beat that. And I got a six. Yeah, so she tackles you to the ground, uh, knocks your knife out of your hand, and just like basically lands on you. And she says, the Duke says, we need to erase anything else that you are invested in to make you focused on your determination. So, Sabrina, what are your favorite things? I don't really have any. Books, I guess. Books? Okay, she says books. That's one. And then she takes her knife and she uh, sticks it into a smoke melon on the ground near your head. Just just gives it a little shank. That's one. Give me another. I don't... The boat. I like boats and adventures. All right, boats, adventures. Two and three. Poke, poke. She's stabbing the melon. And this this tear gas is like leaking out near your face. Well, that's not good. I would like to cast a spell. Tell me what spell you would like to cast. I want to cast Blink. Ooh, tell the audience about Blink. Slow, I feel, is a self-explanatory. We really didn't stop to explain it, but Blink needs some explanation. Yeah, so Blink it basically means that I'm going to roll a d20 in all my turns, 
And if I roll on the upper 50% of it, so 11 or higher, I disappear from my current plane of existence and kind of go to, if you've seen Stranger Things, kind of like the upside down, a sort of mirror reflection of our world where I can move and then reappear in the real world. So basically kind of like a, a teleport that exists in this other reality. I think Nightcrawler also does this as they, they eventually explain that his teleportation sends him through like a hell dimension. Yeah, as they w- explored some Catholic shit in the X-Men yeah. for some reason that I really haven't figured out. Um, so yeah, in Stranger Things, they're specifically referencing uh, a, a plane in normal D&D. That's the like Shadow the Shadowfell. The Shadowfell, yeah. But since we're in a dark sun setting, where you go is a place called The Gray. So it's like a photo negative of oh. the, the regular world. But yeah, since the planes have all crashed into each other, uh, we're working on kind of dark sun logic where most of the world is only on this one plane. And the, the only other real major place you can go is the gray. And so I don't know it anyone actually, else. Yeah, go it, ahead. It even says it in the description. Well, on the ethereal plane, you can see in here the plane you originated from, which is cast in shades of gray, and you can't see anything more than 60 feet away. Mm, yeah but interestingly i don't think anyone else in this setting or anyone you've met knows that this thing exists so sabrina do you you instinctively do this like out of fear because you're being like waterboarded with tear gas and now you've discovered that there's another dimension absolutely so that's got to be terrifying hello yeah, I mean, you see Amy, who looks like a kind of color-inverted ghost, like looks around, very confused about where you went. She understands the concept of teleportation because magic still exists, but she doesn't understand that you've gone somewhere else. And so she's like looking around and just she says, nice trick, Sabrina. That's pretty cool. It's not going to help you become a conduit, but honestly, I'm pretty jealous. Where'd you go? Uh... I would like to, so like I, I, I've seen her cast in these shades of gray and I like try to reach out to grab her and I can't because you can only affect creatures on the ethereal plane when you're, you're blinked into it. Yeah. So I think it's a moment where she realized she can't interact with anything over there and she's going to like start running mm-hmm. over, I think to like the actual barn itself. Oh my fucking god, Chris! There's something in here that you're not supposed to find yet. Please don't go in the barn. <laughs> god damn like... it, you fucking asshole! <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker! This is this is supposed to be a fun character building episode. What are you doing? <laughs> Stay out of the barn. Oh god! Now, now I gotta peek in that barn. Well, that's the thing is like, I thought even if you went in the barn, it wouldn't be a big deal because it's not like you can see through walls or anything. Um, fuck me running. Uh, perception, I guess. You sound so defeated. I'm not defeated. I just, I just like, I can't have anything nice. <laughs> Maybe I'll botch my perception. I did. I actually botched my perception. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck this is so completely unscripted out of control um i think what happens is so in in the gray you are still bound by like the shadow world right like you can't just walk through walls yeah it's still a physical world that you're in Mm -hmm. 
Uh, okay, so what happens is I think you go into the barn, and in the bottom part, you find, like, rows and rows of cages, which all have uh, bumble sloths in them now, because after meeting Lola's bumble sloth, Sloth Green, uh, Amy has taken the liking to them and imported a bunch, so she has, like, a... She's breeding bumble sloths now. This isn't a scandalous secret you've stumbled upon. Just a funny background detail about your sister. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, she's just, uh, she's just, uh, what fucking, uh, Blackheart from Simpsons. <laughs> Over my head completely. Oh, it's that, it's the great episode where Homer makes a deal with, like, uh, like, a guy who wants to buy an elephant from his kid mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's clearly a guy who's just buying it for ivory deals oh no eventually like bart runs away with the elephant and homer's just like that wasn't part of the deal black heart that wasn't part of the deal <laughs> the idea that he would make a great deal with this <laughs> ivory trader okay so uh how long does blink last uh it can last for one full minute all right, so you have a minute here. This is all you see in the barn in the gray is is these bumble sloths. Is there any other checks you would like to do uh, before you are blinked back into the the material plane? Um, so I'm looking over my skills. I don't know if it'd be an intelligence check. I want to figure out like how did she get all these bumble sloths there? Because didn't we get ours from the glass forest? Like, are there that many? Uh, yeah, they've been imported from the glass forest because trade relations have been established with the, the Merciel in the forest, the bat folk, because of your actions. Specifically Sabrina's by breaking the white glass demon's arm. So that's that's all that is. If I can then extrapolate, so the bat folk are fine with selling animals? Yeah, it's just like selling exotic pets. It's I I don't I didn't mean for there to be any like dark undertones necessarily to, to be like this is cruel or anything. It's just kind of like having a bunch of ferrets, which is a thing I would love to do. Okay. Uh is there anything else in this room? I guess could I try an investigation? Uh yeah, I guess. A minute's so long. <laughs> I can't I, got, I, I, I can't take eight. it from me. I got 8, so it's it's fine. I fail. Whatever secret is in this stupid barn, you get to keep it. Yeah, no, I think the way this works is you're like you're looking around the barn. I think just checking out the bumble sauce, making sure they have food and water. You're just you're just thinking along those lines. And I think you see on the floor in the corner of the barn there is a trap door that leads like under it, um, which is a thing I've seen mostly in horror movies. I don't know how common it is to actually have basements and barns, um, but you see that door and maybe you're, you're thinking about going over and investigate it, and you blink back into the material plane. Um, at which point Amy sees you and says, like, get out of here, you f- asshole. I'm supposed to be negative reinforcing you. I have to associate all the things you like with the suffering of drowning in tear gas so that you, they don't bring you joy anymore. That doesn't sound like that's a good thing. That's. Do you want to be a conduit or not? I don't think you know how to make people a conduit. I think you just like the opportunity to be mean to your sister. There's no shame in efficiency. <laughs> I can have more than one thing. Uh, so she, she knocked my dagger away before, correct? Yeah, I think she, like, she, it's on the ground near her feet. She, like, kicks it up into her hands in a really cool way. Oh, yeah. Uh, can I take out the shot put that Vindros gave me? Yeah. And fire it at her with catapult? God damn it, Chris, yes. This is <laughs> I sick. I want to do that. Uh-huh. Uh, so she needs to make a dexterity saving throw. All right. She's meteor, medium Dexter. Uh, 20. Yeah, she's she's going to be able to get out of the way of it. 
Uh, it's just gonna keep going till it hits something, though. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> Wait. There's no mom- There's no friction. It 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 does eventually stop, but like at ninety feet. Okay. Yeah. That like puts it clear across the field. I was worried that it would like hit somebody in Harp City. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. It's like one of our characters when we get there. Ow! <laughs> but yeah, I think you you pick up the shot put. She looks at it like you can't even throw that to me, let alone like you won't even get it to me, let alone hurt me with it. And then you have magic shines in your hands, and you just friggin' hurl it like some uh, Randy Johnson shit. And she barely manages to throw herself on the ground in time. It would have like absolutely broken her ribs. And she's like, "Gee, bis, wow." Sabrina, come on. This is training. If you're going to be putting everything into it, then so am I. You sound pretty determined. I think that means I'm a good coach. Fuck you. That's the spirit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let me see. What do I have left? Ooh, uh, I want to try running in really close to her down. Uh Uh-huh. And I want to try to get close enough. And then I want to try to hit her with chromatic orb. Oh, okay. So she gave you her mom's necklace, which lets you use uh, the the ash chromatic orb. And so you're going to use her mom's spell against her. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get close enough, though, to try to do it. Okay, yeah. Uh, So I need to make a ranged spell attack against her. All right, you're aiming at for 15, I think. Uh, 22. Holy shit. Yeah, so it isn't going to do much damage because she is resistant to fire magic as an ash genasi, but you are sending a cool statement. Do you want to describe what that looks like? Yeah, I want to, because I'm basically going to be creating like this chromatic orb of pure ash and smoke, and I want to launch it at her, and it might be emotionally kind of mean to do it, but I want to use the opportunity to try to grab my dagger back from her. Oh, sleight of hand. Yeah. Uh, ooh, can I get advantage because I've been learning thieves things from Zer? Sure, yeah. I mean, that's not how that works, but whatever. Fuck it. Whatever. I got a 20 the first time. Eat me. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. It would have been so much more impressive if you hadn't gotten advantage. <laughs> I didn't get advantage. Oh, yeah, you didn't roll a second time. We can pretend that didn't happen. I'm leaving it in the recording. The audience knows. No. Um. So, yeah, you run towards her, throw this ash uh, orb into her chest, like blast her back. She doesn't really take much damage for it from it. And she's just like, you got to think about elemental weaknesses, Sabrina. And then she looks down and, and are both knives gone or just her, just yours? Uh, I mean, taking both knives would be really cool. But I think it should just be hers because she's going to try it again. All right. Yeah, sick. Okay. So she didn't even notice you took it because she was focused on the attack. And then you're going to roll Arcana again to try Ice Knife to make your uh, knife uh, and, like, an ice sword. I roll a 23. Oh, shit. This is the power-up music time. Finally! Finally! It happened! Yes, okay. So you have you have your ice sword, she has her ash sword, and you're going to clash? Yeah. Uh, I like to think uh, if she, when she makes it, it kind of looks uh, a little bit like... Oh, God. I think it was the Brotherhood sword from Final Fantasy X that uh, Titus had. Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of like this long kind of... Almost looks like it's made of water, but it's frozen solid. And yeah, she's going to have like a clash. All right. So I think that's charisma to charisma as uh, sorcerers. Yeah. Let's do that. Oh, 11. Very bad. 
17. Oh my god. All right, Sabrina. Your swords come together and you shatter her ash sword. Yeah, I'm going to cut straight through it. I'm going to there's going to be a little bit of like a mark that I'm going to leave on her chest. Oh my god. I did not see any of this coming. So obviously you didn't damage the knife itself. She still has that. It's just the yeah. the ash blade that had been summoned on top of it basically. You just shatter and scatter to the winds. And like the force of the blow like blasts the uh smoke melon gas away cuz you're like fighting in the middle middle of this cloud like coughing. It's very cool. But the force like blasts it away and you're in the eye of this storm. And she looks down at her knife and she says, "Well, would you look at that?" I am the world's best coach. Uh, so Sabrina's going to be looking at her weapon. And she's going to be looking at it for a while. Almost kind of mesmerized by it. Because it's it's very... The, the water that seems to make it up, or the ice, seems to be very pure, for lack of a better word. Very, very, like, uh, transparent. So you can't see any, like, kind of impurities or anything in it. Mm-hmm. And I think she's looking at it for a while. And she's going to look over to Amy and she's going to say, I'm not going to be a wolfram anymore. What do you mean? Are you going to be an orc? You're going to be an elf? You're going to be a, a mole? I'm abandoning that name and everything with it. So what? You're going to renounce your title? You're not going to be a princess anymore? Correct. I'm not Sabrina Wolfram anymore. Well, then who are you? Clear. Clear? C-L-E-A-R? Yeah. As she's looking through this, this pristinely clear weapon of ice. All right, Clear. Get back to work. Very happy. Mm. She got her magic sword. I can't believe that works. That this you've kept failing until the moment you had to be so determined. It legitimately. I was like, man, I am rolling like shit today. Everything's like a six or a seven, and then the one time you needed it. Behind those golden eyes And malice within that red heart It's lying in wait For the next sordid fate And heading your sorry part The soul is old Like the winter trees Your mind is live Like the ocean breeze And we've only dared To dream of things like these If there's a hope In the salt and the dust for love and the wind and the sun It's hope that tomorrow's under the rust And love that the worst is done The sun doesn't burn and the wind doesn't cut Like the sadness we saw in the depth of that rut But scratches on hands can be covered by time and gloves so we'll learn how to sew, and we'll know, and we'll learn to look up. Yes, we'll learn how to sew, and we'll know, or we'll learn to look up.